Hi friend, it's 2020. If you're anything like me, this year has been hard. Have you had days that feel confusing, disappointing, or just totally overwhelming? Especially in times like these, and really no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself looking for something real? Do you ever stay up late at night wondering if there's more to this world than the chaos in your social media feed? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if you're just not so sure about Jesus. So for those who are wandering, wondering, skeptical, or just need some encouragement, we all need encouragement these days, don't we? This podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is Janelle Wood, your host, and I am excited to share part two of my conversation with comedian and pastor, father, husband, and unifier, Jason Earls. Welcome back with Jason Earls. We had a little bit of a a technical difficulty, but we're back now. Listen, no, we were just talking about, you know, making beautiful ashes. It was not technical difficulty. (laughs) It was a glorified break. It was half time. That's what that was. You know what? I did get a little break before my kids came home and I was reading um, John Mark Comer's book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. And so it was, it was some nice beauty for ashes. I went out and I enjoyed the sunshine and, you know, enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, I went and planned it in between the break. I went and planned a, a national, well, not a national, a citywide uh, night of unity. Hey, That's what I'm doing. are you yeah. serious? I'm dead serious. Tell me about it. I want to hear about it. <sighs> okay. So Jason Earls has a big heart for unity. I just, uh, I, I just, I, I long to see like the reality of what, what I read in the Bible Mm-hmm. for that to be lived out like i'm not the dude that's that's kind of a lot of stuff that drives you like yo we can't say this stuff is true and we'll never see it happen yeah so if we're supposed to be united as this group of people called christians then we ought to be able to see it so i'm consistently you know looking for ways to unite my city and so they're like this tri-cities area where me and a few pastors got together and I just said, hey, we need to have some hard conversations. So we start, we had one night when we met a few of us and we had some tough conversation. Mm-hmm. Everybody, what you think, how you've seen racism in your own self and then, you know, as it's, you know, affected the city that we lived in. And then afterwards I said, okay, this is great. So what do we do now? And then they asked me like, what do we do? I was like, don't ask me, I dream too big. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, we, we decided to uh, have a, a one night where we just get together and really just just pray together, mm-hmm. like a huge deal. 
So we had another meeting just to talk about what that looks like and who's going to do what, where it's authentic. It's, I don't want people getting together and just it being a kumbaya moment. That's not what it's like. It's like we getting together to really just, you know, ask God to, to do what we can't do. And that's change people's hearts. That's reality. Yeah. And like we all recognize that all of our hearts need to be shifted in some way. So we saying, we laying all of ourselves out there, like fix us and this city. Wow. So that's what we got. So you, you're a pastor in Seattle, but you also, <laughs> you also live in Dallas. How, okay. So, well, you're, <laughs> I'd love to know how that works, but also <laughs> like, obviously I'm from Washington state and right. I'm well aware of some of the crazy stuff happening around here. And, uh, there's a lot of division. Are you going to yeah. bring some of that unity up to Washington state? You think Man, we got to pray to people's hearts change. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, I, I yes, I would say, I guess, um, I think I have already started some process of helping people having tough conversations up mm -hmm. in Seattle and just bringing just some, the church that I'm involved in has a, has a very high uh, police population who, who are members of that church. And then you have, you know, a, a black dude who lives down South <laughs> who's on teaching staff at that particular church. So it's, yeah. what does that look like? And it, man, it, it, I think the biggest thing is, Yo, we got to have a heart to listen to each other and to have mm -hmm. conversations. That's where unity starts. And from there, it moves on and spreads out through our families, through our communities, through our networks. Yeah. I think there are different things that need to happen from the top down, but ultimately it needs to happen from the bottom up. Yeah, I love that. And you're the fourth person on this podcast to share that. Um, wow. At the beginning of uh, June, when all this started to um, come to the forefront. I had music artist Terry and she was on here talking about letting love lead and listening mm. to one another. And then I had a pastor on here who was talking about listening to one another. And then I just uh, released an episode with Jeffrey Chambers. He's a young life director out of the Tri-Cities in Washington State. He's like, we got to listen to one another. So let's listen to one another. Yeah. <laughs> Here's something funny. I say if you have horrible, if you have horrible race relations, you probably have a horrible marriage horrible marriage. Hmm. I know that sounds weird. No, but tell me, tell me about it. Cause I, so think, here's the thing. It makes sense. If you, if you approach typically how you do one thing is how you do everything. My bad habits in life, this bad habits that I have with clean, keeping my room clean or my side of the room for my wife are the bad habits that show up with me doing stand up comedy. <laughs> so typically the bad habits that you have, and those intimate relationships, those same bad habits are going to show up and just be impacted when you, uh, when it comes to race relations mm. uh, and, and it shows up, you know, people always say money changes you. Money doesn't change you. Uh, it just exemplifies who you really are. So, you know, the problem that you have on one magnitude, you get a million dollars or a billion dollars. That stuff is just magnified. Uh, so, when it comes to race relations, it's typically if you are in the habit of not listening, I always, I always tell men this, especially when I'm having these race conversations, 
I can tell if your marriage is healthy or if it's not, because you not you don't listen. You've got your opinion. Here's why I left the toilet seat up, and I don't want to hear anything else. You just argue, 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 and you don't know how to walk with someone whose opinion may differ than yours, but you still have this common goal. Mm-hmm. That, I, that probably took a little too long to say. No, it's but, right on. It's it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. I, I had I had a conversation with a person last night. So when I get offended with stuff on social media, I call people. I don't argue with them on the post. I call them. <laughs> so somebody said something to me in response, said something on the post, and I picked up the phone. Because people can try to be gangster on mm-hmm. Facebook. Yeah. But, but that's not even why I call them. I call them because I'm a unifier. And I called this guy, and he just starts not even listening to what I was even asking him. And then I asked him, I said, hey, man, are you married? (laughs) (laughs) Uh And he said, I used to be. Mm. And and in my mind, I thought, I see why. Mm -hmm. But then he was like, why do you ask that? I said, man, listen, typically healthy marriages come from healthy people who know how to disagree in a healthy way. Because in every marriage, you disagree strongly. Mm-hmm. But it's how you work through those disagreements that make the marriage healthy. Yeah. Well, and it's the reflection of the church too, right? If we could figure Ooh. out how to listen to one another. <laughs> it starts with us, I feel like. And uh, Matt Chandler had a great little video that I watched um, recently where he was talking about that. You were so resourceful, by the way. <laughs> Listening to you, I'm like, man, I'm taking all kinds of notes. Okay, get this book. <laughs> Watch this video. (laughs) But I mean, it's true. I love, I love gathering information and, and listening because I think we need to. And one of my favorite quotes is by David Augsburger and it says, um, being loved is so close to being heard that to the average person Mm. it's virtually indistinguishable. And if we can't Stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got distracted (laughs) by the first gold in that. This has got a lot of gold. Yeah. Say say that say that whole thing again. Yeah, me, I, I may be misquoting a bit here, but it's being heard. It's misquoting is okay. I okay, did it. Okay, no, okay. Being heard is so close to being loved that to the average person, it's basically indistinguishable. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! You that's you hear something like that? You're like, <sighs> <laughs> it's true. I, if we can just so learn true. to listen and be present with one another and empathize as much as we can um, and stop looking for the things that we're deficient in, but just be there for each other. I feel like, especially as a church, um, this world might change, you know? And uh, Yeah, you ever been, well, I won't just say you, there have been points where I know I've been wrong, but been frustrated that I can't, I couldn't, like somebody wouldn't hear me even though I was wrong, I still wanted to be heard so much that when somebody just allowed me to get my stuff out, you're like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. I just, although, yeah, I know I was wrong and being bullheaded on this one, but the fact that I was able to express what made me bullheaded, I, I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because somebody just let you go. They let you hear them. Yeah. And they, 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 they let you vent. And didn't shut you down. Yeah. They let that pressure go out 
instead of yeah. it building up, yes. which is not healthy. Yeah. I wanted to wrap up with a couple questions. Um, oh, wrap up. Oh, I know. It's well, you over know. already? Dang, well, you know what? I wanted to know. You kind of left me hanging earlier. You said something about how you weren't going to preach. And yet you've alluded to the fact that you are a preacher. So, or at least, you know, mentioned it. So how did that happen? How did God get a hold of you? And A duck's got a quack. A dog's <laughs> got a bark. And a preacher got a... Shut up sometimes. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I didn't want to, another reason why I didn't want to really preach, because I just, I come from a family of preachers, and I just didn't like the, the lack of authentic living. Mm-hmm. Almost felt like when a person became a preacher, they were forced to act a different way. Uh, or, and sometimes they would just pick up this, this way of carrying themselves that was just like this, this dignity that almost seemed, I'm not gonna say something, something's wrong with it. I, Cause I, I don't wanna say that, please hear me there. But it just was it wasn't me mm-hmm. being serious all the time. Man talking with a certain cadence and having certain mannerisms that just, to me, that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And I want, I didn't want it. I didn't want that. And I also saw, especially in my community, I saw where people put preachers on a pedestal, mm-hmm. didn't treat them like regular people. You know, like they were some type of bionic men. And uh, I just, I didn't like that either. So I'm like, nah. And plus, I like to joke a lot. And preachers got to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And I remember my dad kept preaching to me. My dad is a great guy uh, who's a pastor. He's like, dude, God called you to preach because you, he wants you to be you. You don't have to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I don't got to wear a suit all the time. You know, I don't have to say God bless you all the time. I just get to be me and I'm, I'm big on being me, which is why I love the church in, in Seattle in Mill Creek. Uh, it's that's the culture of that church. It's just authentic and being real. You are who you are. And I, that's, that's what helped me embrace it. And then plus I really have a desire for people to understand who this amazing God is Mm-hmm. that loved a jacked up dude like Jason <laughs> and forgave him. That's, that's like, man, God loves me so much. He sent Jesus to make me right in God's eyes so I don't have to work to gain anybody else's approval or audience laugh or audience hand clap. It's like God accepts me. Clean, he cleaned me up because I couldn't clean myself up. And I'm like, yo, I want other people to understand this truth. Yeah. So do you get to bring in the salvation message when you do your comedy too? Or is that kind of separate depending on where you're at, at, at times I do. At, at times I don't. It, it's it's funny. It's I'm I've been praying for years for a joke that communicates the salvation message without me having to stop the show. Like, okay, now if you want to go to heaven, here's what you gotta do. <laughs> Like, I just want a joke that tells that story. 
-hmm. or walks people through that process and it's gut busting funny. There's another one uh, there. So though, that's one of two types of jokes that I prayed for. Another one was to help people understand their mission in life in terms of helping people to understand who Jesus is. I found that joke. And oh, tell uh, me it. I want to hear. <laughs> well, it's 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 not it's more of a I guess a story of a journey of understanding more than a joke. Cause I like this is this is crazy. I recognize that it's it's every Christian's job to help the world understand who Jesus is. And, um, and it's, there's a, there's a phrase in, in Matthew in the new Testament that says, uh, go ye therefore, that's old King James. It's like your responsibility is to go into all the world. And you do that by going with your footsteps, going with your actions. You go to the whole world by praying and you go through it with your resources by even giving financially. And I started praying for the entire country, entire world. I got a mat and started praying. And I noticed that I started going to countries that I would be praying for. I was like, oh, snap, this is bananas. So I started looking at the map and the globe different. Literally, I look at the globe and strategize. Like, okay, Lord, who do I know on this side of the world? Who's in this hemisphere? Where do the people who know Jesus? What are they doing? Some of them are being killed for believing. Like, Lord, help them. Bless the church all over. So I, as I started traveling, okay, where don't I know where somebody is? And I found this country that south of Yemen uh, is spelled D-J-I-B-O-U-T-I, hmm. Djibouti. And so I was like, man, I don't know anybody in Djibouti. So I, again, so I have missionary friends all over the world. Some of them lead mission organizations. So I text the guy, I said, hey man, who's in Djibouti? <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, not, like I'm serious. Like who's in Djibouti? He was like, dude, ain't nobody in Djibouti. <laughs> he's like, uh, Djibouti's dark. I said, I know it. And he's like, no, like Djibouti's, they call that the Horn of Africa. And there are not a lot of Christians who go there because it's a very dangerous area. And then he said, Satan's got a hold on Djibouti. And I was like, well, we need to pray that the Lord touch Djibouti. And so I started getting people just to like to pray for Djibouti. And, uh, you know, typically when, when I'm telling people this on stage, that they start laughing. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm telling this story not to be funny, but the fact that I'm saying Djibouti, everybody's laughing. And, uh, and so I, the whole process of this story, although it's funny, it's telling people, and helping people to start praying for Djibouti. Mm -hmm. So I literally start going everywhere I went in the country, I would ask people, do they know anybody in Djibouti? Cause I was trying to pray for and find people who are doing work in Djibouti and pray for them. And I finally found a missionary that's in Djibouti. And, uh, and he was, I told him that I wanted to visit and he was like, man, do, but right, right now, cause Djibouti gets up to 130 degrees. Wow. I was like, really? My proctologist said 99.6, <laughs> but <laughs> so, so the whole goal is I want people to help me answer the Djibouti call mm. and praying for Djibouti. That God, will, uh, that God will shake Djibouti. Man. Yeah. I, you're, you're making me emotional over here because, uh, 
when I was in high school, I remember our youth pastor, he just loved the Lord and he was sharing a story once and, and I hope I remember it right. He passed away about a year ago, so I can't ask him if I remember this story correctly. We'll make it up. He won't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His wife might listen to this. But anyway, I remember he, he said when he was younger, he had prayed for a burden for the lost. Mm. And he said that he asked God to actually feel what it would feel like to have that weight on you. And he said, don't ever pray that. He goes, it was the worst prayer I've ever prayed in my entire life um, because it was agony. And I've thought about that. Um, my husband and I, we, we've opened our home to exchange students from across the world. And yeah. uh, we're, it's amazing how when you start opening your heart and your home to people of different belief systems and different cultures, especially cultures that may not know the Lord mm-hmm. or have never experienced what Jesus Christ does. Yeah. Um, and you ask God for a burden. He gives it. Wow. And, uh, it just, um, that, that's why I do this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's, um, out of love for them, you know, and, and thinking of the girl, um, who might be sitting on the other side, who is just wrestling with whether she can really believe this Jesus stuff. And it's just that burning desire of what he has done in my life yeah. and how wonderful he is. And I just think, man, Lord, um, who cares what people think? <laughs> just help me to move forward in what you created me to be. I don't have to be like anybody else. Just like Absolutely. what you're saying, you know. Absolutely. And uh, and God is faithful. He is faithful. Yeah. He is so good. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love it. So hearing you share your story uh, resonates with me. Uh, I'm not as funny as the Djibouti story, but uh, I think <laughs> it's just good and so amazing how God uses us in our different ways when we just say yes lord i want it yep and and that's why i want to say to that girl that you just talked about who may be listening who who may be lost or you know that's you look at yourself as man can god actually love me after what all the stuff that i've been involved in the things that i've done can god possibly forgive me to that young man who thinks that man maybe i've done so much so much horrible stuff or to the person who says, man, I, I want, I really want to do this thing, but I'm, I'm afraid I might mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just say it's, you can never make yourself good enough. Neither can you be worse enough, if that's a word, for God to grab hold of you. It's like fishing. You've, I've never been fishing and caught a fish that was already ready to eat. And I, I eat sushi sometimes. Sushi's not even <laughs> ready to, to eat. But in order for that fish to be made ready, all that fish has to do is jump on the hook. And once that fish jumps on the hook, it's the fisherman's job to clean them, to get them right Mm. and prepare for a meal. And so if you're listening out there, just know that uh, all you got to do is grab hold of the hook. And that hook is Jesus and allow Jesus to be the one who cleanses you. Allow Jesus to be the one who fix you up and prepares you for the feast. You mm. cannot do it by yourself, so stop trying. Just lay there and allow God to do the work on you. And even if you mess up, you know, remember Beauty for Ashes, God wants to show you that he can keep you. You just got to let him entrust him. Yeah, awesome. All right, two final questions. 
Do you have a favorite verse or resource or oh. something that has helped you get through life and just stay joy filled? Man, there's this podcast that I've never listened to that I've just been on. It seems like it's a good help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it's funny. I just started doing a video series of Bible verses that have changed my life. They're so cool. Yeah, you, okay, you picked okay. one that I love. You picked uh, one that was my verse with my daughter uh, when Which I was pregnant one? with her. Isaiah 26, 3. Yo, that's the one that I was going to do. That's, okay, okay, you got That's tell. my verse right okay. there. Oh, <laughs> that's my verse. You don't understand how, how much this verse is. It uh, means to me. It's because I grew up, I was in high school in the 90s, and that's when everybody started saying peace. That's when peace really came. Peace to the East, Middle East. <laughs> and I, everybody was always saying peace. And my aunt died. And it, it really rocked me. And I saw this verse that mentioned perfect peace. And I was like, what up? Hold up. There's this thing called perfect peace. Peace without blemish. And I can have that, this perfect peace. And so the verse says this that God will keep him, the person, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God because he trusts in God. And it's just a simple mathematics. If you trust in God, you can keep your mind on God and not your problems in your situations and your circumstances. So when you trust him enough to always keep your mind on him, he gives you that perfect peace. Yeah. Ah, and that really that is is my goal consistently is always to have perfect peace. Amen. Final question. The final I know some people are like he's he's <laughs> hasn't made me laugh a lot. He's not a comedian. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Actually, one more question before I ask the final question. Okay. If people want to know more about you, your mission, what you're doing, will you just tell them where they can find you? Yeah, just Google comedian Jason Earls. Now, if you Google Jason Earls, is this uh, white dude from Hannah Montana, Disney Channel. He is <laughs> killing me in the Google stuff and on YouTube. So you always got to put comedian Jason Earls. Or maybe you put black comedian. I mean, black Jason <laughs> Earls. I don't know. I never tried that. I'm gonna, maybe I'll try that. But yeah, comedian Jason Earls. All things Jason Earls at on Instagram. I'm trying to get to 10,000 people on Instagram. But <laughs> anyway, just follow me for funny. Uh, inspiration at Jason Earls on Instagram and Twitter at Jason Earls comedy on Facebook and Jason Earls.com is my website or just Google me. All right. Final question. The finding Aww. something real podcast. You've been fantastic. Thank you for coming. Thank on you here. so much. I sure appreciate it. The finding <laughs> something real podcast is about a journey towards finding restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. It's an mm. acronym for things we can find in Christ Jesus. And I'm just wondering of those things that we can find in the Lord, restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. Is there one that stands out to you the most right now in your life and why? Sheesh. Man, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to be slick in how I can make all of them, tie all of them into one. <laughs> um... I would alter if I pick one right now, it would be authentically loving. Mm. See what I did there? I yeah, it's good. It's good. You can use it. You can do uh, it. Man, as I look at my burden right now, as a guy who's who wants to see 
uh, people united, in particular people who say that they are followers of Jesus, and how much they are not listening to each other, uh, and how important it is just to love a person in the midst of them being wrong. It's probably one of the toughest things, but giving them the space to be real. Mm. (laughs) Giving the racist space to argue his racist standpoint Mm. while I lovingly listen to him and bear patient with him is some work. Yeah. Because if you're going to shift a person's thinking when it comes to race, you can't spoon feed them and you can't force it. Mm-hmm. You have to bear patient and walk with them and hopefully they get it with without the guarantee that they will eventually get it. Mm-hmm. So if we just learn to love and be authentic while we allow people to be authentic, I think we'll be at a better place. Yeah. Yes, we would. Well, Dang, I wanted to end with a joke, but <laughs> do you do you you could you could find a joke nope, if you want. Nope, you got one? Not, no, nope, nothing nope, just out let, of the blue. We're gonna let that stuff just. Simmer. Okay, all right. Go you to got... my go to go to YouTube and check me out. I could use some more YouTube subscribers as well. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that for sure. Well, Jason Earls, thank you so much for being on here, and I appreciate you taking the time. It's a thank blessing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and thank you all for listening. Keep listening, supporting this podcast. And if you want to, you can subscribe to mine as well. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Until next time. Thank you, friend, for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is a grace-filled, Christ-centered podcast for those who are wandering, wondering, or simply needing to be encouraged in their faith journeys. I hope you'll come back next week when I'll most likely be sharing a conversation with another guest about their journey towards finding something real. And if you're on Instagram please come find me. On Fridays, I share Instagram Live podcast recaps at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're over there on the gram, you can join me for some fun live awkwardness. (laughs) And finally, if you're someone who was encouraged by today's podcast and you have friends who would benefit from hearing the story shared here, would you go ahead and share? You can do that by hitting subscribe, leaving a review, or sharing a link. Your telling others about this podcast helps bring other people along. And finally, just so you know, if you only remember one thing about this podcast, I hope it is this. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus Christ loves you, and a real relationship with Him is a treasure trove of restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. He's offering that gift to you today. I pray you believe it.